mark the radio dial setting at MotorCityGaming.com. Do not use your phone. It must be reserved for vital emergency messages so that you can receive official news and civil defense instructions on the Conrad frequency used in your area. Your life may depend on this. The last line of defense in major gaming news. Gamezilla Alpha. Prepare to take shelter and obey instructions instantly. This is the underground resistance. Join the Alpha Force. This is the plan to help you and others who need you. A plan to live, to work, and fight as did your forefathers. Now, let's check the plan together step by step. Gamezilla Alpha. Welcome to Gamezilla Alpha, where if you are listening to this and you know who you are, I am not saying another goddamn word on this show. So enjoy the show. Um, okay, well, I guess it's a single solo show. So welcome to episode 22 of the Gamezilla Alpha. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me, I guess, in the studios is uh, Jazzy. That's right. Okay. Um, this episode is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you want early access to this show along with other great perks, head on over to patreon.com slash GameZilla podcast and start your patronage today. Um, so how you doing? How you doing, Grim? I, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Um, yeah. N- never done a s- show solo before. Me either. Oh, cool. Well, what's... Uh, I guess let's get into it. This should be exciting. It is episode 22 of Gamezilla Alpha, and we do have a topic. And that is, how much should you pay for... For listening to this? I would pay $5. (laughs) I'd go to patreon.com, become a supporter of the Gamezilla podcast, and for $5 you can get early access to the show so you can listen to it early. This is legit your ploy. Like, this was it. This was That was was the build-up. Yep. How'd I do? It was awful. Let's do that. We have a, we have a topic. The topic of the show is how much how much should you pay for a video game? I would pay two Klondike bars. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew that you would go there. Oh boy, no! But an article came out recently on Polygon that was it was opinion piece, but it basically was how no one knows what to charge for a video game nowadays. It's it's all over the scale and everyone's lost and there's it it benefits certain people it hurts other other people and I kind of thought it'd be a fun topic to talk about and just you know dig into some of our thoughts on it so um, let's talk a little bit about the article first basically it was stating that in this day and age we have such a range of games that you know launch. And this was the the big topic was when the game comes out and how quickly it goes on sale. And so we've seen things from last year where Titanfall 2 came out and it was half off by the holiday. You know, like by Christmas time, it was half half off. And that's what, two months? Yeah. Two months. Right. You know, and we've seen a lot of that. But at the same time, we also see games like Sonic Mania and Hellblade coming out at $20 at launch, $30 at launch. Uh, along with that $40 range that seems to be uh, something new where we're seeing ReCore and uh, even the PC version of Overwatch was $40 as far as a base a base model. And because of it, you really, like, what is a game worth? What is What should you pay for a video game? And in the end, how does this affect the industry? How does it affect the community? And that's what, that's what we want to get into today. 
So first of all, I'm going to just say that I thought the opinion piece on Polygon, and you'll be able to see this uh, article right on the download page of our of our podcast on MotorCityGaming.com. It's a website. But I, I don't agree with it fully because it really sits there and says, like, this is a, this is a good thing. For for all you know, for the community, for the gamers, and you know, I, I think it creates confusion. I think it creates you know this whole well, well I bought Call of Duty for sixty dollars, and you bought you know, uh, and Battlefield One was that was the other game last year, right? It was you know half off by Christmas, so you know my game is better than your game, and yeah. that's and that's the community talking, that's the fan base talking. It's not you know the developer, obviously, but. Like, I just, I think we're in this, like, time slot of our, of our industry where so many games come out every week that a lot of these, and I'm not talking about your AAA companies, but a lot of these companies, you, you know, your developers developing out of garages and stuff, they have no clue what their game is, like, what the value of their game should be. I mean, you get people that launch their game and they say, hey, if you pre-order my game, it's not even out yet, if you pre-order my game, I'll give you 33% off. That's, te- that's terrible. Right. Which doesn't make sense. Your game's not even yeah. out yet and you're giving a huge discount on it. Yeah. And, the pe- and especially when the people who are going to pre-order your game, we're going to assume that mo- a majority of those people are fans of you and want to give you money because they want to support you that's why they're throwing their money down early before they even have the ability to play the game. Exactly. So why are you asking for less out of your biggest fans? It's always the thing that I talk about being an entrepreneur myself. You know, I ran a photography company. I've done an apparel company. And, you know, the big thing that I've grown, you know, I've learned over time is that when you initially start out, you want to be accepted, right? And you think your your closest circle is going to be the that circle that accepts you. And and generally, you're right. You know, your friends are going to support you. But the weird thing is, is that people have this like mechanism in their in their mind that's set up before they even get started. That's like, oh, you're a friend. I'll shoot your wedding half off. Right. And it's like, no, they're the last person that needs a discount. They sh- they should want they want your success. Yeah. They want to see you succeed in your endeavor, so they should be the ones that want to pay your going rate. Yep. You know? And that's where if I think- If not a little s- more, because they'll tip you because you did right. such a great job, because you know them, well, you know. And if that happens, then great. But, like, in the end, like, you find these young entrepreneurs coming out and saying, oh, like, I'm going to do this service for you at a reduced price because I know you. And, like- a lot of times, people, you know, that early into a business, that early into a, into anything, um, you don't necessarily know your value a hundred percent, and so when you give that steep discount, you shoot yourself in the foot, and mm-hmm. that's where you're seeing these developers that like they need this game to do something so that they can even make another game, right? Like that's that's the world they live in. Right. They're not EA, they're not Activision where it's like, "Oh, that was a dud. Oh, let's make another game." Yeah. They don't get that that ability. So, yeah. and like the opinion piece says where, "Oh, it's good for the gamer." <laughs> I want to put this into a little retrospect where somebody posted in our Discord, which you could find on motorcity.com. There's a link right there for the Discord. Join the chat. You motorcity.com. Motor 
CityGaming.com. I'll say MotorCity.com won't take you anywhere that I'm familiar with. I'm going to buy the rights today. (laughs) Good Um, luck. (laughs) Yeah, right? $6 billion. Um, But uh, we had a fan post in our Discord that if a six-year-old were to take over the world, they would make Happy Meals free, which is great for everybody because you get free Happy Meals, but eventually that company goes under because they can't support free Happy Meals. So it's just kind of like, yeah, this is great for the gamer, but if you're giving away so many yeah. discounts on games, eventually that developer's just not going to be able to develop anymore. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I think because of this world that we that we're in right now with gaming and, you know, the the way to distribute games is so different now. You know, you have Steam, you have you have all of these different services that allow you to uh, reach other reach new people than in the past where it was like I need my game on PlayStation. You know, I need my game on micro- on Xbox. You know, so that it can get exposure. Now you now you can get exposure in so many different ways. Will be also, I think the the reverse effect of that is that it's cheap. It's it's cheapened the industry in the way where it's like, well, and, and I think mobile gaming has done this is a great example of this. Is that like, well, no one pays for mobile gaming, and in, in the sense of I'm not going to buy your game. I might do a microtransaction within your game, but your game's free. Right. Nine times out of ten, your game's free. Again, the exception comes like, oh, unless it's a major company like Nintendo or something trying to throw out Mario Run, which even part of that game is free. You know, but you know, the microtransactions and everything has has taken over in that realm, and because of it, because of that that um, store that that just distribution center of mobile gaming, iOS, Android, you know, uh, win- even Windows Phone, whatever, you have, now you have Steam over here that when you get the people that aren't hardcore gaming, they they start to look at everything the same, right? They go, oh man, why is this game $40 on Steam? Like, I thought I was buying a digital copy of it. Like I thought I was like, I thought this was like indie games or something like that. Like in the word indie <laughs> right. all of a sudden has created this like realm of like, Oh, it's cheap. It, it might be fun, but it's cheap too. And that's, that's where I think even the, the younger indie developers are lost in the sense that they've never had the, like, like me, for example, if I launched my first game tomorrow, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I have no clue. I'd mm-hmm. be like, uh, um, flip a coin. It's either twenty or thirty dollars. Like I don't know, right? And then like the second it doesn't sell and it's like a few, it's a month old. I'm like, well, do I do I like slash the price? Do I sl- like is that what it need? like like is that the answer? No one knows, right? So you have these bigger indie guys coming out like um like um the creator of The Witness, right? Uh, which was a recent game, and that game came out at like forty dollars for an indie game. Um. But that's also the creator of uh, brand and and other famous games that were super popular last generation. Right. And last generation was more structured. You didn't, it wasn't as wide open as this generation is right now. So they have been able to play in multiple realms over generations and understand the the shifting of the industry. Right, where these new people coming in. They're just thrown into the chaos, and that's what it is. It's just chaos. It's 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 everywhere, everything, pricing all over the place, and and there's no 
form. There's no consistency to try to let these new people come in and have a little bit of a platform to build on. Yeah, I think mobile gaming had a lot to do with... So, example, Pokemon Go is pushing a billion downloads, right? If it hasn't reached that already. With people, two active users uh, with, monthly. With, I'm right, kidding. I'm right. kidding. Yeah, they're both in our Discord. Um, <laughs> so people that don't normally video game were picking up this game, going out, and, and catching Pokemon, right? So this could be like the birth of somebody's video gaming experience. Like, hey, I had a lot of fun with this. Let me go look at something else. Well, they've already been put into this free mobile game that you can purchase with microtransactions, stuff to help you along the way. So they're getting the game for free, and they think it's great. Now they're going to go, oh, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try this, so I'm going to go check out Steam. I'm going to go check out any one of these consoles because my friends say that they have them. And then they're going to walk into seeing you know, these price points of anywhere from $20 to $60 for a title, and they're going to be like, whoa. Like, maybe I'm not a gamer. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't think, and so so we've been talking about a negative side of this. I don't think every game needs to be 60 bucks, right? Like, that's not the point. Oh, absolutely. But I also can't, you also can't look at a game and say, you can't say, you can't look at Overwatch and then say, look at Persona 5, right? Uh, on a console side, they are both $60. One is a 100-plus hour game story-based. The other one, you know, some people played it, twice and said not for me and dumped it the other people are still playing it and putting hundreds of hours into it so it's not necessarily the contents that create the value that create the value of my and, and i think this is why this market is such a mess right now is that like sonic mania came out last week and it was 20 dollars digital download and then for i don't know what was it 60 bucks or something like that um, yeah, about 60 bucks, I think, was the collector's edition. It was still a digital download, but then you got this 12-inch statue that, like, screams Sega from the Sega Genesis base, base of the statue when you put batteries in it, uh, a, a replica coin, replica cartridge, all this cool stuff that if you're a Sonic fan, if you're a 16-bit era fan, like, it was... It's super cool, and it's sixty bucks, right? And I got it for like forty eight dollars on Amazon because of the you know the discount I get on new release games for being Prime, right? And you, I look at this thing, I go, man, this is super cool for me. It's one of my favorite pieces I've gotten in a long time, and I paid forty eight dollars for it. Yeah, which is less than. A typical console game cost now. Yeah. Now let's 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 fly back a year, and I paid a hundred and fifty dollars for my collector's edition of Gears of War Four. It came with a statue that lights up, and a steel case, some DLC, right? The game, obviously, right? And a little keychain that was a that was a uh, grenade, and some lithographs. And I love it because I love Gears of War. But I can tell you right now, not a year since that game's come out, I can go to Amazon, same place I bought that for 150 bucks, and it's $72 right now. Literally half. Right. Now, are you telling me the, like, the game is $60 new, and right now I might be able to find a 40 here or there. But the value, see, the value is so skewed. It's like, we're just going to, tr- like, 
day one launch. It's got a statue. It's got some lithic. 150 bucks. Halo 5. $250. Got a statue and doesn't even come with the game. It's a digital download for Halo. Right? Yeah. Like Halo 5. It's like, and then. Not it, worth. But it, this is the point I'm making about just collector's editions, just special editions, limited editions, whatever you want to call them. They have no rhyme or reason. It's like all over the board. Like this Sonic one, you could have charged me $100. I would have been happy with it. I don't want to tell Sega that because they're, because they're like, oh, shit, we undervalued this. But you undervalued it. Like, the box art looks like a Sega Genesis box. Like, you, everything about it is special. 100 bucks, Absolutely. It's a 12-inch statue, and it yells, Sega, when you turn it on. Like, <laughs> I would have gave you $99.99, no problem. So, like, to me, the... It's not necessarily the game content that's driving this pricing. The the even the little extras here and there seem to be lost in the mix of it. Where sometimes it just doesn't seem to. Sometimes it's a the miss on both both sides. You undervalue it and you don't make enough of them, and people get upset. You overvalue it. It doesn't sell because no one looks at Resident Evil Seven Collector's Edition of the house and says, "I want to pay one hundred and fifty dollars for this." Like it just, it's just not going to happen, right. you know. So the weird thing about this, though, is you take the gears, just the game, yeah, and the price value is nowhere near as big of a uh, decrease. No, it is. You still go. You still okay. It's say it's sixty bucks. It's in. It's the start. Like, hey, game launches at sixty bucks online. You go online today, and it might be like fifty-four bucks. Well, like, I bought or, like so, still right so around that sixty bucks. A great example is the Halo Five, um, like whatever they called it, the Ultimate Edition, like the the two hundred and fifty dollar one. Right, comes with statues, comes with all sorts of junk. I bought that about a year after the game came out for forty nine ninety nine, and it was originally a two hundred and fifty dollar value. Correct. Right. You know, and that, so, like, the and there's multiple logistic issues here, right? Like, uh, these stores, that this box is huge, by the way, for Halo 5. It, it was a gigantic box. So, storage and, and just and plummeting value. Nobody wants these extra pieces because the game's not hot anymore, right? And so, like, right. so the, I think it's the, the popularity of a game drives, even, even if it's before, at launch or slightly after where it's like a surprise game like, I don't know, Rocket League. Rocket League could make a collector's edition right now and it'd be popular because of how, because you know, and, and pre-console pre launch and, and back when it was like in its infancy on Steam or whatever, Rocket League didn't have that momentum. It's built that momentum. So that's one example where like now they could release something and people would pay for it. You know, uh, verse, and that's why they've teamed up with Hot Wheels, and they're actually making physical product now because right. people want it. Where verse, like the excitement of, let's say, Zelda: Breath of the Wild and the um, Master Edition, where no one could get their hands on it. You either pre-ordered that the second it hit, or you didn't get one unless you went to eBay and paid the you know astronomical amount more than retail. And so, like. It can go both ways, but realistically, it's all the hype around the game that starts to generate the value. And, you know, that's a scary thing because we've seen examples of No Man's Sky. I was going to say, like, No Man's Sky compared to games that came out around the same time. So your yeah. Gears, your Halo, your, like... I pre-ordered No Man's Sky. I pre-ordered the yeah, special edition. Exactly. And that special edition not only 
Uh, I mean, obviously, it depends on the game itself. So people got that game, and there's still people that still put tons of time in this game, and they love it for for what it was. But I would say a lot more people than than are than are still playing didn't really care for this game. They thought it was broken. There was a lot of bugs, and they were really upset with it. So the value of that special edition goes down instantly. Oh, absolutely. When you have the content of your game that doesn't. To be to be fair, that game was nowhere near what they showed you when they first released it at E3. They lied to us. So yeah. It, yeah. you know, obviously, I mean, the developer lied. Whether you like the game face. or don't, it yeah. it just wasn't what it was supposed to be or what we were we were shown initially. So the content of that game and the special edition value goes down dramatically compared to games like Halo Five, where okay, yeah, maybe you don't like it, maybe you do like it, but the value of that special edition is going to be worth way more than No Man's Sky. Because the game is still better. It's still relevant, too. You know? right. And No Man's Sky's tried to fix their issues, and they've brought out the patchwork, and they've added to the game. But the problem is, is that the game is it's tainted. It'll never, it'll never reach what it, what it maybe should have if, it was delivered, if, it was, if, if they delivered what they were supposed to deliver. But um, you know, back to the cost of everything, back to the pricing. And, and I, think, I think we're seeing that now. Like, um, the Switch has really shown this to us. Is that I pay Nintendo sixty dollars for like Splatoon two, and you can go back a few, just an episode ago of the Alpha Show here, and you can find out how disappointed we were. But then I'll go and give fourteen ninety nine, nine ninety nine. You know, like that's the typical transaction that I give to to Nintendo via the eShop for a lot of these unique little games, Mister Shifty and. Um, um, oh my god. Your Master Blaster Zero. Well, Master Blaster Zero. Shovel Knight. What was, yeah, uh, Snake Pass. Snake yeah, Pass. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and I like that. It's like I'm not getting a game that is The Witcher 3 when I do that. And I'm not expecting a game that's The Witcher 3 when I give my $14.99 for, or $9.99 for Blaster Master Zero. But I paid $10 for Blaster Master Zero and I loved it. And I played it until I beat it. I downloaded it at PAX East. I beat it standing in line at PAX East. Now, given it had a lot of replay value where it had multiple endings and all this stuff, so I went back and played more. But the thing about what we're seeing now is that Sonic Mania is a great example, a game developed by fans. Sega reached out to some some well-known fans, and they made Sonic Mania. Modders. Yeah, basically, modders and, and, yeah, and music creators and, and yep. all, that. and I and I just finished Sonic Mania. Beat it last night. Love it. Gonna go play it. Try to you know do a, do a complete Emerald Run. Uh, play as Knuckles. Like I have a lot more gameplay in, the, in me still for this game. But what were I'm no, and, and at twenty bucks, I'm almost like man, I w- I would pay forty for this. And I think this is what we're seeing. Like even Sega. Is potentially having a problem valuing its game. I think this game is undervalued. This is a long Sonic game. I kept playing it, and I was like, I was like, oh, this is probably the last level. Oh, this is probably the last level, and it just kept going. And I was like, man, this is there's a lot of levels to this game. So you know, and I'm not saying like like me. Yeah, I would have paid forty dollars for the game, and I would have paid a hundred dollars for the collector's edition. 
doesn't mean that you would have, right? It doesn't mean right. that our listeners would have. So, like, I'm not saying, like, my, like, I guarantee you, you guys sell for 40 bucks and 100 bucks, you would have been happier. Like, that's not it at all because, yeah, 20 bucks, you're going to sell. It's digital. You're going to sell. There's no, there's no issue with, oh, we're out of stock. Don't have to worry about it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe, maybe you'll win by number. You'll win in the quantity game, right? Like, which is fine. But for me, I'm just looking at, like, they came with these pricing thinking that that was, the value and I think it was undervalued where I think like uh, we've talked about other games being overvalued and I just think no one knows yeah and it's a scary thing because you can get excited for something you know like Destiny 2 collector's edition which was a dud for me because it was a bag like the like you know but $250 right was it 250 or was it 160 I don't remember that one I don't either I I didn't even blink twice at it. I'm just gonna say hundreds of dollars in that range, yeah. right? And um, you know, like right out the gate, I was like, "Oh, meh, I'm gonna go get the ninety nine dollar version." And now, given the bag sold out, right? So there was va- it's like someone's found value in it, which is fine. But I just look at things like this. I go. Do companies like like we think we sit there and we think of Activision, EA, Bungie, you know, uh, Gearbox. We think of all these guys, right? And we're like, at, at, for before this, before we started thinking about this particular topic, we go, oh, they they're pros, they're professionals, they're businessmen. They know. They go in, they go, we're, we're going to put this, this, this in the box, and they throw it to their marketing team and their budgeting team, and they go two fifty. Makes sense. It's going to sell. Like, and I'm sure like some of that is true, but, if, but now I'm wondering how, like how stressed are those people? No, right. like, in this realm where every Tuesday, <laughs> every exactly. Friday, yeah. every week, something comes out that can knock you off your pedestal. And how do they determine as a company, how do you really determine what the price of your game should be aside from the analytics that you have in front of you like you can't tell how people are going to enjoy the game unless you base it off of what alpha testers which alpha testers are trying to find the bugs in your game so yeah. your 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 game's not at its peak at that point and the scary thing too is it, when you start how do you price your game is that you have a you do have a ceiling right now in as far as a standard game as a standard game goes it's 59.99 right it don't matter if you spent 2 years or 8 years the standard version of your game is fifty nine ninety nine. You're not gonna go and say, "Hey, my standard version's eighty when Battlefield and Destiny are sixty. Right. You're gonna get murdered, you know. And so the problem is, is that now I think because people because they can't do that, they're like, "Oh, we gotta have a special edition. We gotta have microtransactions. We gotta have DLC. We gotta have like that's why all of this has happened." Yeah, but how do you, as a company, really determine that? It should be a what we say a ceiling level game at the sixty dollar value, no, or something that. left, or something less, like um, Recore. Recore, yeah. Microsoft came out and said it's a new IP. We want people to play it, and we want people to get ready for this new IP as it grows, right? And Recore, from I enjoyed Recore a lot, but it but it fell flat for for a lot of people, and but they came out at forty bucks because they knew it wasn't Master Chief, they knew it wasn't Aloy. Right, they they knew it wasn't yeah. it wasn't that being that was that was going to be worth sixty dollars to a lot of people right out the gate. So they did forty, and I thought that was super cool for them. And you know it, I think it 
sold okay. I think the game had its problems, and we already we, we now we know that they're even building a definitive edition of this game f- for that's going to be ready for the Xbox One X. And this game is very pretty, so like that is it makes a lot of sense to have that coming out for the X. But you know, how do you decide something 60, 40, 20? I don't know. Because again, you, there's no way to know. Yeah. Like, I just, uh, a game that they mentioned in this article that we read was uh, Hellblade. Yeah. Senua's Sacrifice, right? Yeah. Which I played. I've beat it. So I've completed the game. Um, and one of the things I told you when I was talking about it was, you know, this game had its ups, it had its downs for me. But one of the things I said was, I would not have paid $60 for this game. However, I was okay with paying $30 for this game. That's after I played the game. Mm-hmm. Before, I was super hyped for this game and probably would have paid the $60 for this game and then been upset. Right. Whereas now it's like, okay, I paid I paid my $30, and I was like, yeah, it was worth $30. I probably wouldn't have paid $60, so now I'm okay with it. Right. But if I would have paid $60 beforehand, played the game, and I'd be like, man, that wasn't worth my $60. So it's a juggling act it is. that they have to play in. Continuously. How much, are, how much can we charge for this game and keep fans happy with their purchase so that they'll purchase our other stuff. and the, Right, and and it is a, totally a juggling act, but the thing about Ninja Theory that you almost want to ask them now, the developer of Hellblade, mm-hmm. is why did you make it $30? Especially Why if, was there no... Why yeah. was there... I don't think there was a physical... I'm not even sure there was a physical disc for this. It might have been a digital only. Right. Or if there was physical, it was also $30. So Why? Then at the same time, too, and I don't want to throw any spoilers out there, I will have a blog going up for my review on this game on our website. But um, the amount, like, you can watch this clip afterwards of, like, the the making of this game and, like, what Ninja th- Theory went through in order to perfect their vision of what they wanted of this game and the amount of time and work and people they had to involve to create this vision of what they wanted their game to be was immense. Yeah. So it's like, at some point, are you, are you undervaluing yourself because of the amount of resources you had to put into creating this game? So, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good point, too. And I just, like, for me, I go, I look at that, and then you wonder, like, let's go back in time, and you think about the Order 1886, about the same amount of gameplay in both those games. Right. A similar concept of a very linear driven story that you're just kind of it's it's, it's the story that's moving you along because the mecha- the battle mechanics are pretty basic the puzzle mechanics are pretty basic there's nothing there short of the fact that you want to understand what's happening to her you know or in the order what's happening to them um but the order was sixty dollars and a huge failure if the order was a thirty dollar game I wonder how successful it would have been right I wonder how many people would have praised it instead of basically said it was a giant, you know, a failure. And that's the that's where we're at in the gaming world right now, where you you pretty much, especially as a young developer, as a, someone that's coming in and maybe trying to make their first game, or someone that's had success, say, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a of a good example, Super Meat Boy. Mm-hmm. Successful indie game. They're the successor to that, right? And, and so you you come around and it's like you put all this effort and, and love and time into this project, 
because you're an artist, right? Like people play video games, they enjoy them, but it's an art form. Mm -hmm. And you put your heart and soul into it. And then you have to put a price tag on it. And that's super difficult. Like I've done it, you know, in art galleries with my photography and stuff. And, you know, it's, you're sitting there and you're like, you know, I enjoyed this photo and I, and I love this photo and it's on my wall because it's something special to me. But now, now I'm going to go put it out to the public and I don't know what their reaction is going to be. But before I know, I still have to put a, 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 a price tag. I have to, yeah, I have to put a value yeah. on this. And the difference is... That's hard. You know, you, you put a price tag on it that's too high, nobody's going to buy it. Correct. And then you think, oh, maybe my art's not as good as I thought it was. Right. And or you put a price tag on it that's too low, and you're thinking, crap, my art's better than what I value it at. Which then the second you do that, it's, it's not an easy change. Right. And so, you know, like, that's the other thing that I think a lot of these entrepreneurs, developers, artists are having is that you lowball it and it sells. And you're happy, right? And then your accountant comes in and says, you have no money. <laughs> and you're, you're like, broke as hell. You're like, what do you mean I have no money? I sold all this stuff. It's like, right, but the cost, the cost to sell it, because that's the thing that people don't think about, right? It's like, okay, Sonic Mania was digital only. There's still a cost to put it on the stores. There's yep. still a cost to make the game. There's yep. still a cost for marketing. There's still a cost for just having IT to make sure that your computers don't die when you're building the game. There is a cost for your collector's edition, right? So now you have vendors that were making your statues and everything for you, let alone shipping those out and getting them yep. to the distributors. Like The logistics of the moving logistics. everything, the logistics of right. everybody being where they need to be to yeah. do what they need to do. Like So it's like, congratulations, you sold 400,000 copies of your game uh, and your bank account isn't negative but it's zero how do you make your next game you you don't fundraising that's kickstarter, <laughs> kickstarter right <laughs> you, that, that's your only hope yeah, then you make and, mighty number nine right and <laughs> so like you sit there and you go oh i was my goal was to make a living off this my goal you know like i don't i don't want to make video games in my garage and go and go you know to work every day like like but i did something wrong so then you scale your second game and you go, oh, okay, this game's gonna be thirty dollars. People go, whoa, your last game was nine ninety nine. Why is this one thirty? It's the same style right. of game. It's a two D side scroller. Why is this one thirty dollars? And you either this have some, a, yeah. Your, your last game was yeah. six hours of gameplay. This one's six hours of gameplay. Why is it thirty dollars? Yep. Because you're you're taking a shot at becoming the big dog. So you have your your big brands or your what we call AAA titles. Yeah. That you know they take a shot in the dark and say this is going to be big. I'm going to throw it out for the sixty right away, and then people are going to pay sixty for every game I make in this in this genre yeah. with the same name. So you have your your Halos, your Gears, your Call of Duties, your Destinies. You know. Yeah, but now like look look at Cliff uh, Blazinski, uh, who is the creator of Gears of War and has come out and made his his new game Lawbreakers. Mm -hmm. Um. Cliffy B here can do no wrong. Cliffy B is a god to some people, right? And he is having, like, I'm not saying he's dead in the water, but he's having problems with Lawbreakers. Yeah, a lot of struggles with it. And, that you know, I've watched a lot of streamers playing it, and it, it looks interesting to me. And people are playing it, but overall, it didn't take off the way... I think everyone thought it was going to, right? And mm -hmm. now people, like, you go into the forums and people go, I'm just going to wait for it to go free to play. 
And it's well, like, right, but yeah. if you like this guy, which many people do, if you like Cliffy B, you're a Gears fan, and you like this guy that, that left, he left the AAA scene to try to make his own, his own, like, not that he wasn't making his own art, but he was following orders, right? Like, he was, like, yes, he was a designer, and yes, he had creative, you know, free, free rights to creativity, but he was still working underneath an umbrella. This is his baby over here, right? And maybe, and, and the problem is, is that if the masses are going to sit there, like, I'll just wait for it to be free to play, it's going to be the next Battleborn, and you're not, yeah. and you're, and you're going to play it once, and you're going to leave instead of trying to support. And this is where I think gamers and the and some of the community lose themselves, except for extreme gamers. I think the casual gamers and everything they never they don't get down to this layer. They don't know Cliffy B. They just know Gears and Microsoft. Microsoft makes Gears. Not like no, the Coalition made Gears, right. who's owned by Microsoft. You know, like and these three hundred people made Gears, right? Mm-hmm. And if you want another Gears, you need to support it. Even more so when you look on the indie side, like Cliffy B is going to make another video game because he's Cliff because of who he is. Mm-hmm. But some of these people aren't because they didn't. You didn't support them, and you're like, oh, I'll just wait. It's like right, but. You know, if it's someone you want to support, if the developer is someone you care about, if the if you're inspired by their story, it, whatever it is, and this is this is the whole you know grim getting real here because because I'm an artist and because I you know am an entrepreneur and I believe so heavily in this country and the ability to build anything you want and try to do anything that you can dream. You know, and that's why people travel to America and that's why we, you know, are are this great land. Like the people out there need to need to r- wake up and realize, oh, I don't like the way Bungie's doing things. I don't like the way Activision's doing things. I don't like the way EA's doing things. Cliffy B over here, the guy struggling, he's the guy that's going to f- that, that can change that for you. He's the guy that needs your $40, not EA. Right. He's the guy that needs your support and needs your help. Right. And, and that's a, it. Yeah. It's a struggle too because it's not not a known IP. Like with with Cliffy B, he was it was like you said so, a lot of people don't know that it's Cliffy. Well, before it's, it's and gears. before Gears, he was yeah, uh, he it, was involved in Unreal. Right. So, so yeah, it's 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 Gears. And yeah. they don't they don't see the development behind that. They just see, "Hey, it's Gears." So when they release Gears 4, be it successful or unsuccessful, it's still a major title in the Gears series that yeah. people are okay with saying, hey, you want to know, here's my $60 because it's a Gears game. Halo 5, you know, well-received or not, <laughs> probably wasn't the best Halo game out there right. for a lot of people, but it's a Halo game, so they're going to get the support. So you're really taking a shot in the dark as a developer, be it that you're still with the company that you started with when you had this success, or you are like Cliffy and you break off and you make a game like Lawbreakers, in it's a different IP. And Gorilla just had this same thing. They made Killzone, and they were known for Killzone. Everyone loved Killzone. Then they came out and said, you want to know what? Here's Horizon Zero Dawn. We're doing something completely different. And they had the ability gamble, to yeah. basically fall flat in their face, like Absolutely. Cliffy seems to be doing with Lawbreakers. I think that he's going to turn it around, and I think Lawbreakers is going to have the bugs fixed, and it's going to turn into something that you know is is yeah. of value. But right now, the struggle for him is, you know, the completely the opposite reaction that Horizon Zero Dawn is getting, where it's like, how many more people know about Guerrilla Games because of Horizon, and then they're like. 
Oh wait, they made Killzone too. This is this is true because they've they've created a lot of new fans. Right. That didn't that weren't Killzone fans, but the thing the difference is you're talking you know, uh, Guerrilla Games, a a Sony first party, yeah. Sony owned development company versus you know uh, Lawbreakers being a, a, a private independent, yeah, yeah. independent, but. And and I, I call it independent. Like Cliffy has his own company, right? Like so, like he started yeah. his own brand, just like Kojima has, you know, and and stuff like that. And and I like that because I think that is like the reason why I like Cliffy's move and Kojima's move and all that stuff is because it reminds me more of the 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 movie business. And what I mean by that is that yes, we all love our movies, right? We all go see Deadpool, right? or Avengers, or Batman, you know, and I'm just picking nerdy ones out for the fact that we're on a video game nerd show, but, you know, the thing about it is that in a movie, you know the stars, the stars do drive it, right, Mm -hmm. and, and for the most part, not everybody, I'm not saying this, but, but a higher percentage than in the gaming industry, you know the director, you know the person's behind the direction of this movie, you don't have that in the gaming world, and that's what scares me: is that these people that put their that put more time than it takes to make a movie to build one game. Like when you think about someone that's on AAA games, their career might be five video games. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're major titles, it's like five to ten video. Ten is like generous considering some of these games are you know five to seven years on a game. Yeah, how many can you make before you're on, before you're retiring or whatever, yeah. you know, or before you and burn out. And how much out, help or, do you have? Right. And like Axiom yeah. Verge, the, the guy made it solo in his garage. Yeah, you know, he it, didn't have any help. Right. Exactly. And so, like, my whole thing is that I want to see a day where you know, and value will, and I think, that, and, you know, obviously this topic is value, and we've kind of got into this whole like view on the the level of a video game and 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 how people understand it. And I think this will help value. Okay, so this is how I'm tying it in, is that I want to see the day where when someone grabs a game, they know this is an EA game, but it's developed by so and so. Here's you know, and here was the you know the brain the one the one like the main guy, the brains behind it, Cliffy B or whoever it be, Kojima, whoever, right? And right now you have a few of those. You have that Miyamoto. You have Kojima. You have like you have those superstars out there. It's after that level that no one fucking knows. They just, people don't care. They don't know. And I think the indie scene has helped a lot where you get these people, you know, that are small. So you have to tie a name to the game because the one dude made it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to. You can't, you can't mask it. You can't hide it. And, you know, I think, I don't, I, I just don't think that the people behind these projects get the justice that they deserve. And, and I think we've seen it in the past with with the strikes and the lawsuits and everything that some of these bigger companies have gotten because they haven't treated these people right. And I don't think the community treats them right. And that's where I'm getting at is that you want to sit here and value a game at sixty bucks, thirty bucks, nineteen ninety nine, free to this this game should be free to play. Like you you can think all you want, but you but majority of people don't actually look at the effort that was put into something mm-hmm. and and what it means to that team or that individual that did it and so for us like you know we look at gamezilla uh, alpha gamezilla podcast 
Legend of Retro, MotorCityGaming.com, everything that we do from Twitch to blog writing to coverage to traveling the country for, for conventions, you, you think about it on a yearly basis. We, we have two jobs. You go to work during the day, I go to work during the day, and then we do all this on top of that. We use our vacation time from our, our other job so that we can work. Like, people don't, they, it just, it's not resonated properly out to the public, and that's where I think this disconnect of why something has a value and, necessary, and it doesn't reflect. Mm-hmm. And that, and I don't mean on all levels because you know EA and Bungie and all them like we all look at them like they're giants, right? We all look at them we're like, you could sell your game for ten dollars and still like no one cares. Like you'd still be rich. Like yeah, and, and that's not the case because guess what? When you dwindle it down and you love your t- your Titan and you go look at the the small five man team that built the Titan out and built the whole the whole like set for the Titan. They all are paid hourly, right? And they all do, and, and like so, you know, if you love your Titan, and Destiny Three, you know, is inevitable, and you want that team to make sure that they that they're sticking with it because because you love their vision on your character, pay them the money, you know. Like at the right. same time, you don't yeah. don't look at it as this giant, you know, don't look at them as Walmart. Don't look like. It, yeah, and even Walmart's it the same thing. I don't think it falls completely on the gamer or the the customer. I guess you could say itself. It's not. To it's a chaos. The developers like you need to get your name out there so that you create your own value. And I'll use a perfect example because I think that this person does a very good job. Player unknown himself, Brendan yeah. Green. Sure, he's making a name for himself because he has created a game that's a phenomenon right now. But he lets you know that he's player unknown and he's going to fix the bugs. He's going to work on giving you the DLCs. He's going to work on updating this game to make it the best. And he's selling himself along with his game. So that down the road, when he makes another game, he could slap that $60 price tag on it and say, you want to know what? Player unknowns was $30. I'm making this now. I'm a big deal. Pay $60 for this game because you love me. Yeah. That's that's actually a very good point um, because he does have a team. He's got a small team too, you know. But like right. he's he's not. Let alone is his game building awareness, but he's building awareness of his brand, which is him, right? And he worked on games before Player Unknown Battlegrounds that were similar, and he took the failures and the success. Success, success, successes and then brought it and built his own game in the vision that he believed was better and it's working right but you can look in a complete opposite direction of someone that has success in the past more so than Brendan Green ever has and you can look at the creator of Mega Man and look at the failure of Mighty Number no. 9 and again, now you have this whole other this whole other cog that we're gonna throw in here right now right. of of fundraising, kickstarting, Indiegogo. Yeah. He was he was that example where they his accountant literally said you don't have any money, and he goes, but the people want more Mega Man. Yeah, and then they go, but you have no money, and he yeah. goes, all right, let me kickstart it, and then he kickstarted it, and you know. Love Mega Man to death, but Mighty Number no. Nine was a hot mess. And so, because of it, his next project, like here's someone that has a name that's that's that, that's beloved in in the Mega Man Blue Bomber world, 
and the the he tried to start a secondary project before Mighty Number no. Nine was even delivered due to all the delays. And people looked right at him and said, "You're crazy." No, I'm not giving you more of my money, right? And mm-hmm. so, like now, you have this whole other cog that you're throwing into that's 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 affecting value because you have these like people that really do not need fan based um, support to make a video game. Like like when I see AAA companies kickstarting shit, I'm like, no. Like if it was again Brendan Green coming out of nowhere before PUBG was big and was like, hey, I have this idea. Here it is. You know. Um, I think it's the next big thing, and people jumped on it. That's one thing. That's what that's what Kickstarter, and that, that's what I believe that's for. But when you get, like, Hollywood companies for movies and AAA video game companies and famous developers that, that could get the backing of any publisher they want, mm-hmm. do you really belong on those? Yeah. And, and when you fail, when you, the mighty... <laughs> When you, Goliath yourself, fail on a fan support site, yeah, what does that do for all the little guys out there? Uh, destroys it makes it a million times yeah, harder. A million times harder. Them. My name's Steven Spielberg, and I need you to give me money so I can direct another movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't need money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's, it, like, it makes you feel like, well, we're, we're going to make this because people want it, but we don't want to... We don't want to take the gamble, the risk of it not being successful. That's basically what it feels like. Instead of someone saying, hey, I have this great idea that I don't know why no one else has thought about. And and generally people look at it and they go, oh, my God, that's a great idea. I will back that, right? And that person then turns into an inventor or turns into an artist or whatever, right? And and there was no way for them to realistically do it other than then ask others for support, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's that is what fundraising should be. And I just, you know, I've seen it too much with Mighty Number no. Nine, with, you know, some of these other projects that I'm just kinda like, ooh yeah. Yeah, you know, Um, but without listing them all off, I think people, people, anybody listening to the show probably can list off a couple of their own, you know, that they've that have been famously just flopped. And for everyone that that we could sit there and say was a huge flop, we can go find a success that we were very excited about. But you know, in the end, back to just the overall view, and let's tr- let's kind of wrap this yeah. wrap this up. Is that value in our industry is cha- is chaos? It is complete chaos, and chaos isn't necessarily a bad uh, business plan. Like there's certain things. Like we talk about how right now gaming is all over the place. There's other industries like this, okay? Like, we're not the only one that, that sits there and, and, and can sit there and say that pricing is just is fluctuant and, and jumps all over the place, and, right? But we focus on the gaming world, and so this is what we're focusing on because this is what matters to us. Chaos is not necessarily a bad thing. I would love to see some of these platform companies, though. Steam, PlayStation, Xbox... You know, these these places where you are asking people to come, you're asking for them to put their life on the line on your platform. You need there needs to be some sort of intro. There needs to be some sort of tutorial. There needs to be some sort of help beyond just, well, throw it out there and hopefully 
it explodes like Rocket League. You could be the next, like, right? Like, right. It, there's all that excitement and, like, people... Yeah, there's got to be a support system. I mean, I remember when Angry Birds blew up, right? And people were like, anyone can make an app on an iPhone and an Android phone and they can, they could just... That's it. They would... One day, they would launch it and the next day, they'd have a studio. Like, the possibilities were endless, right? So what happened... People started making apps up the wazoo. And you know what happens? Here's quality control. <laughs> Fire! Oh, my God. It's, everything's dead. Like, it was a nightmare, right? And and Apple tries has a closed market where they try to keep quality control. And Android's open market, right? So it's, it's opposite of each other. But in the end, like... Now that mobile gaming and, and, and just the, the mobile store, the smartphone world has matured, we've seen some some stability. But, you know, it's tough now because you have, and I don't even know the count, millions upon millions, maybe billions for all I know, apps out there. So how, do you, how is it that when you build this little app and you throw it out there that anyone's going to find it in that sea? Right. And that's the question, right? That's that, and and you yeah. know, how do you get your app to be the next Angry Birds yeah, or you, Candy and, Crush? And part of it has to be your marketing. Part of it has to be your business plan when you're gonna go and put this device out there. But at the same time, you want to know that hey, I'm gonna be a PlayStation exclusive, or I'm gonna be this, and I'm gonna be that, and I'm not Guerrilla Games, and I am not, you know, uh, Kojima. So I don't expect you to like pull me onto the stage at E3 and be like, this is. This is Jason Parks, you know, everyone knows him on as Grimlock, and he's got a game. Like, I don't expect that. But what I do expect is, like, you know, I know that when I start a podcast, a brand new podcast on iTunes, that for the first eight weeks, I know I get to be in a special pool. A pool that's smaller, a pool that's more featured, and gives me the option, gives me the possibility that if someone might more likely click on me, and then it's my job at that point for when you're listening to me to be entertaining and for you to be like, oh, I want to listen to them again. That's all on me. Mm-hmm. But that first initial click, I know when, I, when we launched Alpha, we had, eight week, we had an eight-week window to try to find some new fans. We knew that certain people from GameZilla and Legend of Retro, they were going to come listen to us anyways. But we wanted that eight-week window, and we knew we were going to get it. And that's cool that, I, that, that Apple and iTunes you know, gave us that. Things like that that need to be those need to be structured and put in place for the gaming yeah, industry. Absolutely. Yeah, I think of the overall value. Like we hear the word value and we immediately make it monetary. And hey, this game is this much, and this is why, and all this stuff. And I think not to get too deep, but I'm gonna go there. We have to think of the value of a video game not as the here's how much money I'm going to pay to play this game, whether it's worth it or not. The value has to be. The developer has to take care of his fans and his gamers and his gamers, vice versa, have to pay in and take care of the developer so that gaming stays healthy. That's the actual value of a game. Yeah, and that's the thing. And in the end, you want a healthy industry. And we've talked about it in the past. You want healthy competition. And when you have all these newcomers and you have all these people that, you know, have to – that that have to shift gears into this chaotic open world of pricing and, and of value and, and of exposure, you know, it's, it's, t- it's, a, it's a tough market. Like I wouldn't be, 
you know, I like talk, I like covering the industry and I like doing, you know, the stuff that we do here at Motor City Gaming. And I've even considered of uh, building a game, just sheerly out of fun, though. I would right now, in in the world that it is, I don't want. I wouldn't think of being like I'm gonna make a game with the with the concept that I want to make games and 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 leave my job, right? Like that. I just wouldn't do it right now, just just because I don't feel like the supports out there. We've heard Sony like calling for the indie the indie uh, uh, developers. We've heard Microsoft calling for the indie developers. But have we really heard the indie developers come out and say, man, these guys are doing a good job. We're so happy that we right. that we sided with them. We're so happy that they've given us this platform. Like, like, you know, short of like, hey, we're happy we went to PlayStation because they have 60 million PS4s. Okay, yeah, you like the infrastructure, yeah. you know, but like yeah, the what, pool are, of people what has Sony done you. for you? Yep. You know, that's going to make you come back to Sony next time. Yeah. And we'll see it. The industry is getting bigger. The Every convention we go to, being the PAX conventions, the indie scene seems to be bigger and bigger. And obviously, if you know they weren't getting support from these companies and or their fan base that they're creating themselves like we wouldn't we wouldn't see it growing like that yeah. so no i don't think we're in trouble i just think it's a little it's chaotic right now and i and it doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing it's just for those for the the young entrepreneurs the young developers the newcomers and all that stuff like patience and study pay attention and 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 value your things for what you feel they are worth. Mm-hmm. Do not let, like, yes, you have to let the market speak to you. It's important to under try to understand your market, but at the same time, do not let people force you in a direction that you don't believe in. You know, like example, Lawbreakers is being sold for forty dollars right now, and you have these people. You know, you have these forums screaming about free to play. You know, like if like I and Cliffy, Cliffy's Cliffy. Like he's gonna make his call. But if I was Cliffy and I didn't, and I don't believe in free to play, I don't believe in the the longevity and lifespan of a game when free to play happens, then guess what? Lawbreakers isn't gonna go free to play ever, mm-hmm. because it's my it's my art, it's my piece, and if it, if if it's gonna crash and burn, it's gonna crash and burn on my terms, not on letting people manipulate me and make my choices for me, you know. So. Right. Be leaders in your industry. You know, if you're if you're a young developer and you're listening to this show, be a leader. Lead lead the industry. Do your homework and do your research and understand what you're doing. But at the same time, you make the call and you and you, you know you live by your decision. Don't make a call because of some offside influence and then and then yeah. it doesn't work out and like it's jump. even worse. Jump a couple episodes back, we did jump, which is like the Netflix of gaming, like their kind of business model is perfect. It's hey, we're gonna let your game run its course to w- to when you think it's it's hit the most amount of people and done as much as it could on its own. Then we're gonna say, okay, are you ready? We'll put you on here. People can rent your game. You'll get a portion. We'll get a portion, and that's gonna drive people to say, hey, you want to know what? I rented this game. I loved it. I'm gonna go buy it. Yeah. So then you're getting that rebirth of your game. So yeah. it's you know just finding that business model and taking care of each other is how we're and understanding that that options out there for you. Right. You know, like some people don't even know about it, but um, that's why we're here. <laughs> that's why we're here. Exactly. Listen to Gamezilla. So that's this is our episode, episode twenty two of the Gamezilla Alpha. 
And it's basically been how much would you pay for a video game or how much should you pay for a video game? And, I, you know, I, I've already spoke out to the to the young developers and artists and entrepreneurs, but I, I do want to just say to the community, to our fans and to the fans of gaming, you know, support what you love. And, and even if it's a few extra bucks or here and there, like understand that that could be a huge difference. You know, some, we get some people that jump on our Patreon and they give us a dollar, right? And they go, man, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't, you know, that's all I can afford. And I was like, first of all, man, you don't have to give us anything, but your $1 helps a lot. Okay. So it, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, we get people that pay us, we have perks, a dollar, $5 and $10, we have a couple of patrons that give us 15 bucks. There's no perk for it right now. It, and it blows our minds and we're so, and yes, it's so cool, but I'm just as, I'm just as excited, just as proud, just as, as much of a support as for a dollar, because you are reaching into your pocket and you are giving me something of yours that you don't have to give me, but you believe in what we do and you believe in what we're creating and that's what matters to us because that's what we want to do and want to do more of it. And your support lets us do more. It lets us travel. It lets us improve the studio. And that's the same thing in gaming, okay? It's the same thing when you go look at a Kickstart or you go look at an indie game and you're like, huh, I don't know, like, it's 15 bucks, but I liked their last game. Like, if you, like, if you believe in what you're looking at, then, help, like, help them because... They're going to give you what you what you want. They're going to give you a game. They're going to give you that that style that you fell in love with with Housemark, or they're going to give you that that you know uniqueness that you've you know never seen besides Journey and Flower and Flow, right? And so like so good. That's that's what I mean by it is that we we live in this era of PSN and Xbox Live giving us free games every month and us sitting back and being like, whew, glad I didn't buy that game, got it for free. And it's like, yeah, but if you liked it, you know, you probably should have supported the developer. Yeah. This was a great game. I got it for free. Well, hope you enjoyed it because that's the last game yeah. they're gonna make. Now, given like there's a deal that Sony's making with that company and the you know or that or that individual and, and there might be something that's you know the the exposure is what they want out of it. I don't know. I don't even know what Sony like the freebie games. I don't even know how that works. Never talked to anybody that that felt like explaining it to me. So, but then again, just just remember that you know if it's a five dollar game, ten dollar game, thirty dollar game, you know, with with Ninja Theory and like uh and Hellblade and, and you you wanna support it and you can support it. I mean that's the important part. Don't you know don't shoot yourself in the foot, then then do it because it helps so much. And I think you can go back, you know, a couple years and listen to a podcast from us where we had no support and we were still doing it. Um and you can see the difference. Like this what we are today is only because of our support and you know our audio quality, our video quality, the the ability to have multiple shows versus one show. It's all because of our fans, and that's it's crazy. You know, it, it's crazy when 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 you, we we sit even just us we sit back and we think about it and we're like, wow, we've come a long way in a short time, and that's why I I make it a you know a duty for myself, a an honor for myself to to support those these other groups that I'm talking about you know and I go pick up yeah, Sonic absolutely. Mania and I go pick up I go pick up Hellblade and those are you know and those are bigger examples but I also love Housemark and Ma you know Matterfall came out last week I uh, hey 
you you had me back on Resogun. I was a fan. And you, you ha- I love Next Machina. Matterfall, here you go. You know, like, I want you to keep going. I want you to make that next game, and I want you to know that I'm here to support you. And we even do it, you know, on the small level at PAX conventions when we go there and we, like, and we meet this group, and they're so passionate, right? And they're, they're making a, a, a mobile chess game, happy chess, mm-hmm. right? And it's super cool. It's super, you know, I don't even play chess. I don't even know how to play chess, right? You but do it now. Was, right, <laughs> and, and it, that was a cool thing. It could teach you how to play. And, like, it was super unique and fun, and they loved, they were passionate, right? Mm-hmm. We were meeting the creator. We were meeting the artist. We were, and I was like, you know what? They were like, we have a Kickstarter right now. And we sat there in their booth, and we're like, cool. Well, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're part of your Kickstarter now. Yep. You know, so... I love that stuff, and, and I love that people do it for us. I love doing it for other people, and um, that's that's community. That's the gaming world, and that's what everyone yeah. needs to do to support and, and keep our our industry healthy, and that's value. You know, yeah. like, it doesn't have to be help us every to game help. 60 yeah. bucks or, yeah, yep. you know, like, just support it and 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 give feedback and and take take action in alphas and betas if you get the op- option and don't just play the alpha and beta then go back to the forums or if they even give you that that nice contact where it's like hey you're part of the beta and everything we care about we, you know everything that you want to tell us we care about here's how you can contact us right like do it yeah help yeah. help the developers and the creators of these games yeah or at least give them the option to help you back because I know, yeah. like, on a scale of podcasting, you know, Grim and I sit here and we're like, hey, what, what should our next Alpha show be about? And then we throw out a couple topics and we're, we inevitably always come to the decision of which topic would our fans want to hear most about. Absolutely. We might have a passion for another one of the topics. I mean, I can talk about always, Metroid every episode <laughs> if you exactly, want. Exactly, right. Yeah. Special Gorilla Games episode 27. Yeah, I've done 27 other episodes yeah. of Gorilla Game. <laughs> like, like today, we're going to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but um, you know, we—that's it. I mean, this is episode 22 of Gamesilla Alpha, and this is what it's all about: is supporting supporting the the developers, the artists, and the people that you that you believe in and you want more from, and and you know that you're connected with. So. Keep up the good work. Thank you to everyone that supported us. You know that's that's why this show itself, Alpha, it even exists. This show yep. is hundred percent driven by our patrons. So, you know, if you want to know more about us, if you want to know more about Patreon, you want to head on over to Patreon.com/slash Gamezilla Podcast, Gamezilla Podcast, and you can see the perks, you can see our goals, you can see what what's going to happen when you know when we hit our next goal. And uh, you can really get a get a sense of what we're all about uh, from this angle, from this yeah. support, from this support angle. And everything's looking uh, looking bright. Starting in September, we got the new look of the Patreon. We got some yeah, new stuff cool coming. new look to the to the site design itself, down to uh, new and different perks, evolved perks, I guess you could say, and um, you know some new stretch goals and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're we're this is our next step. You know, we we started it this year and, and we've gotten some great growth, and now we're taking the next step to give more back to our fans, and uh, you know, hopefully add that value where people keep on keep on coming over to hang out with us. So, 
All right. Well, uh, you can enjoy this show every Sunday on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, and of course, MotorCityGaming.com. And you, Google Play. And Oh, and Google Play. Sorry. Don't forget about Google, though. Mm-hmm. You know, open market. <laughs> um, if you want that early access, though, you can get as early as Thursday patreon.com slash gamezilla podcast. Don't forget the main show, Gamezilla Podcast. Our our mother our mothership is every Monday on Twitch, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, twitch.tv slash gamezilla podcast. And then it hits all those great places, iTunes and everywhere else, Tuesdays. And on Thursdays you could listen to uh the Baby Brother show. Yeah, the Game Zuki show. The game <laughs> So, no, no, we can't even give them GameZuki. It's The Legend of Retro, where they talk retro video games. They just had an episode released today. So if you're listening to this on Patreon Early Access, you can uh, also go listen to The Legend of Retro, where they did a 007. Oh, that's good. I, yeah. love, I love me some N64 007. Yeah. Shout out, probably one of the best Legend of Retro intros that I've heard to date. They F- did a great fact. job on this episode. I 100% agree. So... But. And then, um, you know, for everything else, you want to head right on over to MotorCityGaming.com where our blog, uh, you can meet the team and, and learn about everybody that's involved here. Contact us uh, for anything. Leave us a review. All that is available on MotorCityGaming.com. And then, um, you know, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like, that heart emoji, whatever it is, depending on where you're listening to us. It helps us. It helps our SEO. helps our ranking within that particular search engine. And just helps us find find new new listeners. So we appreciate all your support. Yeah, and the community, join the Gamezilla community. We've got that Discord button on our website where we talk games every day, all day. And then, like Grim said, the meet the team page where you can find all of our gamer tags. So you know, hop on and send us a friend request on PlayStation, Xbox. PC, you know, we're all wherever we're gaming, and then feel free to send us not only that request but invites for games. You know, give us some ideas of games you think we might want to play or games you want us to play with you, and then we'll see about you know getting on and gaming with you guys. Yeah, and Discord's free, so again, right on the homepage of the website, motorcitygaming.com, click join and talk video games every day with people around the world. But- free, but I will accept the payment of tacos if you want. Don't give me any tacos. Tacos are so good. We all know Jazzy's too gassy for tacos. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out with us on episode 22, and we'll see you next time. But until then, game, game on. on. But not for free. Ah, you can still game for free. I hate you. <laughs>